Hi, this is Lowell Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. And this is Budgie, co-founder of The Creatures, drummer with The Slits, and Susie and the Banshees. Welcome to Curious Creatures. Life after punk. You may think you know the territory, but we drew the map. Welcome to fashion faux pas of the 70s. Yeah, so I was just related to Budgie how myself and Michael, uh, Mickey D, and Bob, you can guess who those people might be. Roberto Smitherinos. Yes, bought some... Um, bought these high-waisted three-button pants and platforms and i bought my pair of platforms from a store in brighton on the south coast and as soon as i stepped out the store i fell down the the steps coming into the store because i like i was like a giraffe on stilt so i've got no way to walk in these bloody things how about you budge what was your uh favorite t-shirts and stuff oh yes the favorite t-shirt because we were talking about split knee loons and uh yeah my my outfit i i i was i got tickets to see mark boland performing with t-rex at bell well, you're, you're lucky i never saw him i wish i had seen well him. i'll tell you about the concert but first let me tell you about getting there and what i was wearing <laughs> i'd saved up i bought a wine colored satin jacket like there was no lining so it's very thin um and underneath was a purple scoop neck shirt long sleeved and of course you you got it in one the sleeves ended in the kind of bell shape (laughs) everything was flat what was that for do you remember what the bell was for or was it just to look cool i have no idea everything was flared yeah i um i loved it when you said the loons had to meet that to come over the top of your shoes Oh yeah, so that it looked like you were wearing a kind of like large skirt on each leg. Yes, yeah, they had to. That was that was you know, and they dragged along the floor, so they always got ripped up at the back because you you were stepping on them. I always wanted because we saw these uh, these items of clothing as for sale in the back of the New Musical Express or the Melody Maker or the paper issued at the time. But the models always had this stance where one foot was one leg was kind of straight, the other was slightly bent at the knee. And then the crease went out over the front of the shoe and then the back one finished off at the back heel of the shoe yeah as if there's a front heel there's a back heel and there's no front heel but so you had to stand in this position for the for the loons to look to get the look to get the look yeah i mean it was it was really kind of absurd but you know most fashion is i suppose and how old Um, were we how old were we uh 14 15 i think 14 15 fashion victims Oh yeah, Pearl. Pearl had the satin jacket like yourself, uh-huh. and he also had these pairs of shoes called Rooster Boosters, which he loved. Which were basically some Andean shoe that you know had straps and and buckles and things and sort of wrapped around your ankle, so you could look like you were, you know, walking through the Andes and stuff. You know, multicolored. They were multicolored. And uh, the number of times I, I went to Liverpool, not often, you know, because it was a ten. 15 miles away right um but they had a unisex hair salon oh yes i remember them a unisex hair salon you know where guys and gals could go to the same place (laughs) and have your hair done like get your feather cut because yeah because in st helens it was just you either went to the the barber you know the the male hairdresser which we had desmond 
Desmond's at the Desmond. bottom of our street. Right. With those black and white grayish photographs of yeah. guys that look like football players of the 70s with a little mustache and a bit of a beard, right. you know. Yeah. Um, but because I, I wanted to get my hair permed into a permanent corkscrew effect like Mark Boland. Right. But I never, I never had, had the courage. No, no, I never did. I never did. I just kept getting closer and closer to the steps that led into upstairs to the unisex yeah. hair salon, but never got in there. I, I started off at the barber, and mine was the next street over. And he had a book in there that he would hand prospective clients when they came in the door, especially if they were young men, about thirteen or fourteen. And the book had two pictures in it. <laughs> one was Elvis, and one was. Um, uh, you know, somebody, somebody else that was like, like you know, George Robert Best. De Niro or something. Yeah, it's one, one of those people, you know, and he said, okay, you got this hairstyle or that hairstyle, which you want, this or that. And, you know, you just had to pick one and he'd do a sort of rough approximation and that's what you've got. <laughs> Whichever then, photo you picked, you got the same yeah. haircut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it didn't make any difference really. He just sort of pretended it looked like something different. And then uh, I graduated then to the unisex salon, which was in the next town, you know, and that was very good because I had I had a, a blue velvet jacket I could wear in there and feel like I was, you know, I was happening, you know, and sort of sit down there and, and you'd give me the same sort of feather cut, which didn't work too well on me because I actually had the Mark Boland curls, like, you know, you, uh, you know, when, I, I'm, I ain't no square with my corkscrew hair. I had the corkscrew hair, uh, but I didn't like it. I kind of liked it, but I, I wanted to do something different. You know, you always do. You, would, you wouldn't like it. If you had it naturally, like I knew somebody who did, yeah. they hated it. Where, yeah. Whereas I had to borrow my sister's hairdryer, which right. is one of those that you sit underneath. But then I'd turn it upside down so it was lying on the floor, blowing upwards, and then oh. put my increasingly growing longer hair into the updrafts and it yeah. spiraled it it spiraled it round so it, oh wow that's a, that's a good technique i never knew that one. yeah i remember yeah. that now but i see before i could grow my hair long you know by the time i'd finished um now what do you call it elementary no you call it prim- elementary well it would be primary in in Anglater well what was secondary school high then. school so by high school, i would yeah. i couldn't grow my hair long until i was getting near the end of high school but right. i pr- when i first got to high school i had to get my hair cut because it was it was a feather cut and it was too long apparently right. so yeah. i me and a couple of other guys went out and we said right we're going to get skinhead Oh, right. Do you have a number one or a number two? Which well, one did you have? We went, I think I was supposed to get a number two, but I think he got it wrong. And I came out with yeah. a number one and I couldn't figure out which side to put the parting on because it was a shaved parting. Right. So I got two. I got one either side. All right. He demonstrates. Like a mohawk. There was no hair. It was just right. a shaved head with shaved partings. Shave uh, yeah. Shave hawk. And then I put a little woolly, uh, you know, skull cap on, little bob, like we call them, a beanie thing, Uh, and walked up the street, because it was only at the bottom of our street, walked back up the hill to the house, and went in the house with a hat on, you know, with a woolly hat. And I never wore a wool hat in the house, you know, ever before. So everybody's just looking at me. And they've gone, everybody guessed straight away, right? You've done something to you. you, Go and take the hat off. I said, I just pull the hat oh what what have you done <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> so i went to school the next day 
sent home. Yes. <laughs> really? All right for having the skinhead. Yeah, haircut, couldn't yeah. win. You, if you no. couldn't win, your hair was too long or too short. Uh, my hair went from went from the sort of you know pre-Raphaelite uh, Mark Boland-y look. Eventually, by the end of high school, and when I got out and went to uh, college, it was it was more like Larry Wallace from the Pink Fairies. You know, it was like this it was like this big afro thing coming out. You know, which was was kind of cool for a while. Well, I, but, I, I would have been envious. I would have been envious of that. <laughs> um, and then, as soon as I got to a Liverpool Poly, and I got to college, yeah. it was great because you see, you knew who was new from like small town England coming to big city for the first time. Not that Liverpool right. was a very big city, but it was big enough. Oh, it's pretty big, yeah. And um, the first thing that happened was all the first years, eventually mm. we dropped. It was like watching, you know, being gunned down. We dropped, like, <laughs> so the hair came off. And right. Mine, at that point, I just wanted to be like, I, I think it was a cross between Francis Bacon or Brian Ferry. Of course, right. Brian Ferry was, so it was short, but it was black. Yeah. Yes. So within a few weeks of being there, I'd cut all my long locks off to yeah. a very normal, like short back and sides, a bit kind of yeah. like a kind of army cut. Yeah. And then dyed it black. Yeah. And did you have? I have to ask this question. Did you have the the jelly sandals with that? Because they were popular for that summer. I think everybody who looked like Brian Ferry ish or whatever had the jelly sandals and the pegs. The pants, you know, with the little pleats at the top. Yes, yes. God, I didn't really, wow, we had this, exactly the same fashion faux pas, you and I. The, the jelly, the, the white plastic uh, little open-toed sandals. You had to be yeah. careful what colour socks you were wearing. I think I was yeah. looking for a pair of cricket pants because I, they were the only like light-coloured trousers right. that were kind of classic cut. Yeah. And I went to Pip's Disco in Manchester. Oh, my God, I've been to Pip's. Wow. Yeah, wow. and Pips at that point was just getting like we had a Bowie room, a Roxy room, a right. T-Rex room, and unbeknownst to me, a Gary Newman room was about was about to happen. Really, I wow. can't. It, it must have been later. I must have gone back there because must I think chronologically that doesn't work, does it? No, no. Gary was a bit later on. I think, so, it, I, think I must have imagined that. Like, I, I must have added that, that onto my Pips experience. Or I went back there when the band was on tour much later. You know, when I got into yeah. a band eventually. Because all this is pre-band days for me. Is way yeah. before, you know, getting into the first band. So somewhere at that about that point, you know, we 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 were like, you know self-admitted fashion victims a little bit at that point but then somewhere at that point we all got a little bit of identity because i can remember michael started to have these t-shirts that came halfway up his abdomen you know so he he and he you know it was a young man so he had a nice slim flat six-pack you know and so it looked kind of kind of cool and that was he had this sort of del bromham hair coming down here that was a guy a guitarist in stray who used to play with his little frilly shirts on over the top of his you know t-shirt so michael sort of adopted that look um i bought this old jacket from uh jumble sale which is garage sale here mm -hmm. in america mm -hmm. and uh, i dyed it sort of a bright pinky purpley color and then i wrote with uh, a pen on the side of it oh i ripped it up a little bit and put it back together with some safety pins and then i put no change i wrote no change on it in in big letters you know so i thought it looked pretty punky and robert 
um, found an old fur coat that was like full length. So he, he looked like, you know, something out of uh, a 1930s movie, a full length fur coat that went all the way down to his feet and, and wore that around with like converse underneath it and stuff. So, Oh it was my a- goodness! I I had I had um, I dug out an old fur coat of my grandmother's. I think it yeah. wasn't full length, but I wore that around St Helens for a little while, and I wasn't the only one either. There was right. another guy that had long hair as well. But by the yeah. time I got to Liverpool, it was getting more like straight leg Levi's, and then yeah. and slightly skinnier until they got really tight, and then they were my, yeah. my jeans were tight enough. To get a big chunky white pair, a f- pair of white fisherman's socks, like thick wool, right, that right. came out came out the top of the DMs. Very good look. I had I persuaded my mother because I I had you know the the flared Levi's because of course we all did. So I had the flared five hundred ones, and I managed to persuade my mum. Okay, cut a bit out of the you know the the side of it and make them into straight leg pants for me, and she did. And it was good. Of course, I think probably earlier on, when I would get you know a pair of normal five hundred ones before flares came in, I probably got her to put a, an insert to make them flares in the other pair. You know, <laughs> you know, I was looking back because I keep seeing these early photographs of like Julian Cope and Ian yeah. McCulloch from like Liverpool bands yeah. Echo and the Bunnymen, Teardrop Explodes. Yeah. And I think it's like quite often. I think the certainly the guitarists always had duffel coats on. Oh yeah, and I, and oh, I yeah. realised that I had a duffel coat when I when I got to you know the art college in Liverpool, and and, and yeah. it was at that point it wasn't anything that was in the like in fashion. It was the no. stuff you got in the army and navy store. You know the kind right. of yes. army army, army surplus. surplus. Yeah, right. It was all like very functional, very mm. normal. And and yet, yeah. it, so it was really how you accessorized. My hair by yeah. this point was bleached, you know, as white as yeah. I could get it. So yeah. it was all about the hair, really. And and nobody could sort of confuse us for you know people who are about to go in the army or the navy no. wearing this stuff. No, they wouldn't confuse no. us for that. No, because at that point, I think Holly was around and he had a shaved head and shaved eyebrows. Um, right, Pete. Uh, Griffiths was the bass player with the Spitfire Boys. He had bleach. No, he had uh, uh, dyed black hair, no eyebrow, no eyebrows. And yeah. he, he had big skull. Uh, Paul right. Rutherford was teasing his hair back, like yeah. Ar- Ariana from the Slits. Right, and, and he had broken teeth, like better than John Rotten. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> it, it was just, I think everybody, as you say, everybody was finding their own little look. And yet together, yeah. together we felt safe. Yeah. I mean, I, I could have, you know, I could have walked into your scene in Liverpool back then and thought, oh, I feel right at home here. Let's, let's sit down and talk. But, you know, I had to wait a few years. But um, did you then yeah, find out the, the, the kind of, the, certainly for us, Manchester was just down the road. It was about right. 20, 20, 30 miles away. And the yeah. Manchester look was quite different. Yeah. It was more yeah. like when uh, the birthday party arrived over from Australia and they had like the, the kind of nylon shirts and the stay pressed trousers and the kind of, yeah. you know, proper jacket from a suit and maybe a tie that wasn't worn properly. But there was a more kind of like, 
again, it's kind of, um, what is that look? It's kind of nerdy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was like, there was, there was a little bit of that going on. I mean, we, we would go down to either Brighton where it was sort of things were slowly starting to happen. Brighton being a bit more of an arty kind of place that we lived in. And then we would go up to London and start to see things. So we started to go to some of the early punk gigs, you know, we'd see people sort of all dressed up in you know, bondage pants and, and stuff, which was, you know, you couldn't buy a pair of bondage strides in, in Crawley for love nor money. So you know. if you could, would you have bought them? If I could, I would have been, bought them i would have worn them on the down the high street and probably got chased by some skinheads but you know it's funny who did buy them uh pete burns pete burns had the first pair he pete had a little shop in matthew street you know yes and he went down to london kind of could could afford to come back (laughs) dressed in um vivian westwood mclaren's bondage outfit trousers you know with a bum pad on the back the bum flap Yes, and, and the full jacket with all the belts and everything. Yeah, yeah. Paul Paul Rutherford, he was so jealous, so I jealous. Bet. Of, yeah, yeah. I bet. I bet. But I'm not sure I would have liked. I, I was already like move pulling away from the the and any new uh, kind of uniform. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, for for me and 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 Robert and Michael to a certain extent, there, there wasn't anybody like us in our town, so we were like the for want of a better phrase, the flag bearers for it. So we, we could actually introduce people to that. Oh, yes, this is what, you know, you can wear. And uh, But, but you, you, I know, you, you really uh, took a shine to the, when the Clash arrived, when the Clash had sure. the, first, the first album. Yeah. yeah. But I don't recall wanting to look like the Clash. I, don't, I didn't want to go out and paint my clothes or anything. Well, I didn't want to go out and paint my clothes, but I, I like the slogans on the side, which is where the the no change jacket ah, came from. Okay, but right, it, but it yeah. was kind of it was kind of small. It was like small typeface. It wasn't like a big shouty, you know, no change scrawled on the back. It was like you had to look closely to see it. But I, I accessorized it with uh, homemade badges that I'd made, and and Bob used to make some homemade badges as well. You know, so, ah, I see. Uh, the thing I really liked was uh, what I saw Rotten and Steve Jones, the Sex Pistols, they, right. they these mohair jumpers. Mohair seemed to have found yes. a new niche. Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. So my mother <laughs> was an avid knitter. Right? She was an avid knitter. Okay. And, you know, she used to make me things when I was about 12 or 13 that I would wear once, walk down the street, take them off, put them in my school bag and take out the shirt I liked and put that on, you know, just to make her happy and that. But we kind of bonded over the mohair jumper because I saw, I, I was walking past the, 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 you know, the knitting store in town because of course there was always a knitting store and I saw a pattern, you know, cause you had to buy patterns pattern with this young guy with a rather sort of punky looking black mohair jumper Mm -hmm. so i I got home rushed home breathless told mum you want to knit me a jumper (laughs) a little little gas like you you never want you take them off when i when you go out i know you do and um suddenly suddenly she had a use she could yeah and she made me the most beautiful black 
uh mohair jump i had to persuade her though that like you know some of the stitching wasn't going to be that tight you know we had to pull it apart a little bit and she's like why do you want to do that it doesn't look neat and i said that's the idea yeah, you know you a pull. little distress going on yeah and i wore that thing for ages it was my favorite i know because it felt so comfortable and oh, yeah. secure and it was warm it was really warm. Yes, because yeah. it because it was grim in it was cold, yes, wasn't it? Cold, it cold we, and bleak. Seventy yes. seventy six may have been the hottest summer on record, but we yes. were still getting cold winters. Oh yeah, cold, uh, miserable winters. And you had to wear your mojo jumper with yeah. the old rain back over the top. Yep, we were yeah. cold little punkies, weren't we? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I got rid of the jelly sandals by that time. I got, yes, a, pair oh, yeah. creepers. I got a pair of creepers, and the creepers were good because they keep you out of the, the mud and the sludge, you know? So, yep. Yep. Yeah. The jelly sandals went. I'm afraid I lived in Doc Martin's boots for a long time after that. Yeah. Until I got to the Americas. The Americas were waiting. Yeah. Curious Creatures is created and presented by Bob Tolhurst and Budgie. Producer, Joe Wong. Producer and audio designer, Dan Didier. Executive producer, Mark Cates. Associate producer, Sophie Spare. Social media, Margie Taylor. Art and logo design, Justin Thomas K. Music production, Jack Knife Lee. Curious Creatures is on the web, and you can access us at www curiouscreaturespodcast.com I love saying www.curiouscreaturespodcast.com And you can reach us on Instagram, Facebook <laughs> at Curious Creatures Official, Twitter at Cure Creatures To find more of the best music podcasts visit doubleelvis.com or follow at doubleelvis on Instagram and at doubleelvisfm on Twitter Curious Creatures is a production of LXB LLC 2021.